write podcasts if no one was listening just because I get to talk to really smart people and learn from them. And then there's obvious benefits of producing regular content because when you have a podcast, a 30-minute episode can go across 17 or more channels. You can take that one thing, put it on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. You can put it on your podcast or on the on your website. You can put it on social media. And you there's an SEO value to that. And there's a also audience reach for that. But for me, audience reach is secondary to all the other things. Like I'm not worried about, concerned about audience reach. I'm concerned about creating something valuable with people who are experts. You're listening to Jeremy Weiss, my special guest on today's episode of the Subscription Entrepreneur Podcast. If you're not familiar with Jeremy, he's the co-founder of Rise25 and the host of the Inspired Insider Podcast. Jeremy started his show way back in 2008, and since then, he's interviewed thousands of the world's top entrepreneurs, experts, and business owners. And he attributes much of the success he's created in life and business to his podcast. And that's why we invited him on the show today to share everything he's learned about podcasting over the past 13 years with you. If you've ever thought about starting your own podcast or pitching yourself as a guest on somebody else's, you won't want to miss this episode. Jeremy is a wealth of information and we cover many helpful topics like the easiest ways for you to start a podcast, how to get the best guest to come on your show, what Jeremy does to prepare for fantastic interviews, and much more. If you've ever wanted a behind the scenes look at what goes on into running a successful podcast, this episode is for you. Jeremy and I have a fun and engaging conversation, and I sincerely hope you enjoy it. As always, I'm your host, Eric Turnison, and this is episode 169 of the Subscription Entrepreneur Podcast. Hey, Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, it's my pleasure. It's really exciting to get back in touch with you. You and I talked, I don't know, a month ago now where we recorded a podcast for your podcast, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, podcasting how you got into it, why it's awesome, why it's beneficial. But before we do that, can you just give us a little bit about your background and the 30,000 foot view of who you are and what you do? Yeah, no problem. I have a, you know, when people say, oh, you help people launch your own podcast, they are baffled when I tell them my background because it has nothing to do with this. But my background, actually, I studied biochemistry in undergrad and I went on to become a chiropractor. And I had my own chiropractic office where I had myself and massage therapists and also did stuff in the health supplement space. And throughout the years, and when you're a business owner, you end up doing everything, mm-hmm. right? And so marketing, everything. So I had gotten into podcasting back in 2008 and I've been doing it ever since. And I still love the healthcare thing. I still love chiropractic table in my office at my home. So friends will come over or my family will come over, but I don't treat patients. But if I happen to be passing through Chicago and I've got a a subluxated disc. A hundred percent. I could come (laughs) Nice. So you started your podcast in 2008. And I think since then you've recorded around thousands of episodes and something like that with entrepreneurs, business owners. Now, how did you... What was the thing that actually got you started around that time? What led you to podcasting? You know, for me, I always look at ways to give to my relationships with anything. So I want to come in, if I'm showing up for Eric or anyone, I'm like, how do I give this person? How do I add value to this person? And I was listening to podcasts at the time and I was thinking it would be 
amazing. I could add value to people, have them on, profile them. I could see how that's a big value add for other people. It also is professional development. I can talk to some of the best people in the world. You know, you're one of the top people in the world on membership in general. Like I can talk to you and ask you about it and then share your expertise with my network and other networks, you know, you put it on social media. So it goes a lot. It takes that conversation a lot further. So I was looking and I was listening to podcasts and I was looking at ways like thinking about how do I give to, how do I add value to someone who maybe at first glance, like someone who's really successful and, you know, however you judge success, whether it's health or wealth or whatever. And because I think there is a, and I was having a conversation with someone via email the other day and they made a comment about you're more successful than me or something. I'm like, first of all, you don't know. I don't even know what that means, what successful means. And <laughs> and I go, why are you selling yourself short? First of all, you don't know my situation necessarily, but don't sell yourself short. Like there's always something to add, a value to add, no matter who the people are. You know what I mean? And so that's what I was looking at. And I've seen no better way to over the past, you know, over 10 years to just add value to people by profiling them on my podcast. But it started off with me listening and seeing, thinking, how do I add value to anyone in the universe? Mm -hmm. And that was one way I'm like, oh, that's, you know, there's lots of ways to add value to people, but that was one way that is in my control that kind of goes across the board. So what is your definition of success? It's a good question. I think since I am in healthcare and I geek out on healthcare, I think the first one when I f- used to think about it, my mind would jump to monetary stuff. Mm-hmm. But as I get older, it's really success for one is being healthy. Two is having your family healthy, right? Because if you don't have your health, then you're just only worried about one thing, which is your health. It doesn't matter. I mean, if you talk to, I've had lots of really, really, really successful career-wise patients and they would trade all the money just to have whatever, and it may not be the condition I was treating them for, for their back, but it may have been they had bouts with cancer or whatever it is. They would trade all the money just for Mm -hmm. better health. So number one is, you know, health, just making sure there's pieces of my health. And I even hired a health coach this past year because I was struggling with sleep and it was self-imposed, by the way. It wasn't like I have bad sleep. I just wasn't going to sleep because I enjoy what I do. And I was working really hard and working late hours and it was affecting my sleep. And he's like, Jeremy, it's not sleeping like you're not sleeping is like smoking, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, okay, that hit home because I don't, you know, I have two lungs. So I literally, I, I've never smoked anything actually. I'm like, I have two lungs. I'm like, why do I want to inhale smoke into them? So, and so that really hit home. And so I hired a health coach to help with that but it helped me look at all the things. So that's, you know, what I would say is focusing on the aspects of health for me and then, you know, trying to nicely impose my values of health on my family and friends in as nice a way as I can without becoming overbearing to them because I care about them. And then after that, it's what are you controlling your destiny? So doing what you want, when you want type of thing. Now, were those, you know, around 2008, when you started this journey with podcasting, were those things the same or were they reversed or how did they evolve over that time in terms of what you thought success was? Yeah, it definitely has evolved because for me, when I was younger and you feel more invincible, mm-hmm. but you're not even thinking that's a thing, right? right. <laughs> Unless you struggled. I mean, there's people, unfortunately, you know, growing up, I know people who had childhood cancer and like other health issues 
But if you haven't and you're young, for me at least, you're not thinking I'm going to get sick or I need to take care of my, you just kind of go full speed. I mean, if you look at what college kids eat and then what you eat 20 years from then, I mean, I was shocked of what the crap I was putting in my body. And I, you're eating pizza every night and they're like, I had 48 pack of Snickers, just the crap I was eating. Right, and you're eating pizza at like 11 p.m. Right. I mean, probably three times a day, <laughs> like, like midnight, Yeah, you know, 8 p.m., midnight. Oh, we need to go to this place at 1 a.m. and you're eating right. top. I mean, so now it's not, now I'm like lactose intolerant. So I don't, that's probably because of all the crap I right. eat. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it totally has changed. And the focus in what I, you know, the values of certain things and the awareness of certain things have changed for sure. Now, with podcasting, there's a lot of objections that somebody may have if they get it in their head that they want to start a podcast. In no particular order, I'd like to talk about some of those. I I think one of the top ones is, well, how am I going to get any guests? I mean, if somebody peruses your list of people you've spoken to, one of the first things they'll notice is that you had some incredible people on your show, some of the biggest names in entrepreneurship, marketing, and business. So one question a beginner might have is, well, how did you do this? What are your secrets to getting great guests on your show? I love that question. I love objections. We could talk all day about objections. You know, that is a common one. It is, well, I'm just starting. I don't have a list. I don't have connections. How do I get guests or good guests? And I had a conversation this morning with someone, by the way, Eric, really successful person. They've been in the industry for probably four decades, their industry. Mm-hmm. And they go, Jeremy, how am I going to get, like, I don't have connections. I don't have a list. I go, are you joking me? Are you kidding me? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like you're, I go, look in your phone. Okay. I go, pull out your phone. Like, I don't have a formal list. Right. I go, do you have like amazing connections in your phone? Everyone has some kind of connections, whether it's social media, their phone. But, you know, if you look at the past guests, like I think I've had the founder of Atari, P90X, Einstein Bagels. Like, how did you get those people? I go, one, I asked. Okay. But I mean, there's a little more to it than that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, how do you get great guests? I picture the, when you, people ask me that question, I picture that, I don't know if you remember that there was like this Craigslist case study where someone traded a paperclip. Mm Mm-hmm to getting a car or something at some point. And it's the same premise. It's, you don't start off with the biggest names in the industry. You start off with your network and everyone has someone in their network. And, or if someone in your network isn't maybe a good guess for what it's a fit for, you could still ask your network of, here's who I'm looking for. Who do you know in this industry? You know, and even if it's not in the industry, you have to start somewhere. So you start with someone who's maybe high level in your network that is not in that industry, but you always start somewhere. And with the podcast also, it makes it very easy to introduce people to you because you're adding value to the world and that person. So when you have the guests on, you ask them very simply, here's who I'm looking for. Do you know anyone that I should have on? Who do you know? And and I had someone on a couple of weeks ago and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have some more VCs on my podcast, right? And this person was not in the VC world at all, but I'm like, I'll just ask them. Like, you know, because they asked me, they said, Jeremy, who I'd love to refer you guests, who else, what are you looking for? And I go, well, actually, I, I know you're not in this world, but I'm looking for VCs. And like, oh, actually, I know a few. I'm like, okay. So you never know who other people know. Mm-hmm. So you just start some, I mean, it's, it's very simple. And then 
with this person, when they said that, sometimes it's just, it's a self-imposed barrier because I've seen the most well-connected people say that very thing. Like, how am I supposed to guess? I'm looking around. Right. What are you talking about? Like, you know, a lot of people, they're in your phone or they're in your social media. So, yeah. And speaking of self-imposed limitations, I mean, it may be that that's what they're saying. The issue is, but there are lots of other reasons why people might get concerned about starting a podcast. Like, I'm not good at speaking, something like this. You know, I think as soon as we consider the prospect of putting ourselves out there in any way, whether it's a podcast, whether it's live video or anything, one of the things that I've noticed useful in my journey with it is it's like entrepreneurship in a way. It puts a spotlight on parts of you that may be uncomfortable doing certain things. And so whenever something like that happens, you have a choice of whether you're going to go into that or you're whether you're going to allow that fear to stop you from doing something. Yeah. Most of the time people worry about things that never happen, myself included. Mm-hmm. And when they do happen, they're usually not as bad as I thought they were going to be. Right. I mean, at the beginning, the fact is no one's listening. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. You know, people are like all worried about it. And I say, so, okay, your mom or dad are maybe listening and your siblings are probably listening. Like in the beginning, no one's listening. So if you mess up, who's listening? There's like three people Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh yeah, Jeremy. Yeah. And even when people start listening, I mean, we're way more, a lot of times more critical on ourselves than anyone is critical on us, you know? So, so do you have fun. any, when you're working with people getting started with podcasts, do you have any advice for them to help them overcome this common thing? Yeah. I mean, it, well, hap, really how they overcome it is just, just reps, you know, you just do a few and you do a few with people who you're comfortable with so that when you do it, you're like, oh, that wasn't bad. That wasn't so bad. Yeah. And it just, it's flexing a muscle, right? I mean, if you go to the gym you're flexing, you're working on your muscles. So once you do it two, three, four times, it just doesn't become a big deal anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? What was your first podcast episode like? I'm trying to remember back who it was with. And I don't remember the person it was with. I just, I kind of clump them all together mm-hmm. into a group, but it was people I knew really well. And we just had a natural conversation. So it's someone I talked to, these kind of batch of people I had talked to hundreds of times already. Mm-hmm. So it was like just hitting record. And part of it, what gets people comfortable is there's, if you have a pre-interview process mm-hmm. and because listen, let's say you're comfortable. And a lot of times I had someone this week who's like, Jeremy, I'm really nervous. I mean, they just said it. And by looking at them, I would never be able to tell. Like, I'm really nervous. I'm like, are you serious? You're going to be awesome. Like, you're great. And I go, listen, and I take them through a pre-interview process, which gets them comfortable, even if they didn't say that. And part of the pre-interview process, because more likely when you start getting comfortable with it, your guest is going to be nervous because they've never done it. But if you prep them with a couple, okay, here's a couple questions I'm going to ask, even if it's conversational, like here's a couple questions I'm going to ask you. And they kind of in their mind go, oh, okay, I could totally answer those and I'm fine with that. And once you, the first three minutes of the conversation, they forget even your recording right? and they're just talking. Yeah, that's a really interesting phenomena that I've noticed. Because yeah, certainly in the early days, it was about being comfortable myself with the process, finding out where my natural personality was in interviewing people, which is constantly evolving. 
But once I kind of got into a rhythm, it was more about, okay, how do I help get the guests to feel comfortable? Because it's like, for me, I like to approach it the same way. It's, we're just having a conversation. Nobody's nervous about having a conversation. But the fact that it's recorded, it changes psychologically something about the situation. And for me, like, my stuff is not scripted. The only thing that's the same in every episode is like, hey, Jeremy, welcome to the show. But that one line, and sometimes with guests, I haven't done that in the beginning. Like if I know that the person is nervous for some reason, I'm just do a rolling start. Oh, we're just talking. And then at the end, I'm like, hey, I need to record the intro right now. You know, because it's something about that one phrase that changes things. I want to point something out, Eric, which I think is important. If someone's listening to this, like, I am just ultra nervous. I am frightened about doing it. Or if they're thinking, I would never, like, I just don't have the time. I know it's valuable. I'm not going to do it. What I would challenge people to do is you could start off without even recording it on audio. You can mm-hmm. just email someone a question that you're interested in and go, hey, Eric, I want to publish this on my blog, on my website. Here's one question that I'd love to ask you. Just one question. And you could then go, you know what? I could take that and just get on and record them answering that one question. And they kind of already know the answer to it. So there's really easy ways to step into this, to doing it without making it overwhelming. Yep. I was talking to a friend last week who's thinking about starting a podcast and he was giving me some of his objections. And one was, oh, you know, he was basically taking the, uh, he was making it more complicated than it need to be trying to figure out all the technical aspects and like, oh, but I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. I said, but it was clearly the whole process that he was going through was keeping him from getting started at all. And he would have never gotten started. So I said, look, just email somebody you want to talk to, hit record, but don't tell yourself that it's going to be a product. Don't think that you're going to release it. Just have it be recording and just have a conversation. And that's actually how I started. My friend, Matt Brown, who's a member of the Member Mouse team, we just sat down and had a conversation, recorded it. I, at that point, was not planning on doing a podcast. We just recorded a conversation. In fact, if you go back and listen to the first seven episodes, the name of the podcast changes. My stated intention about what I'm doing changes. It's completely different. But ultimately it turned into a podcast. But some of those psychological tricks are helpful in the beginning because a lot of the times things that are keeping us from moving forward is our psychology. I mean, there's so many things that hold people back, Eric. And in the beginning when I was doing my podcast, I didn't know what to call it. Okay, that's a common one. And so what most people do is they just like, they need to figure out the perfect mic or they need to figure out the perfect name. And what I did, I just was like, whatever, I'm just going to start recording it I'm also like a, kind of a high quick start in the Colby score, but I just start recording it without a name. I'm like, hey, it's Jeremy here. I'm the host of the podcast. And I'm like, I'll think of a name later. And yeah. it was, you know, that's what I did. I just like, so if you're thinking about it, just don't worry about the name, just start getting your voice and just start doing it. And I think I was like three months in that I finally, like you said, you could change the name a couple of times. Right. I had no name and just said, hey, I'm the host of the podcast. And my URL was, jeremyweiss.com until I then changed it to inspiredinsider.com. But like, it was just my name is the podcast. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, how do you personally prepare for your interviews? Do you research your guests so they can ask specific questions or do you kind of go on the fly with it? Yeah. So I am a not on the fly type of person, Eric. So I like to do a lot of research. So again, if someone's like, Jeremy, I don't have a lot of time, right? I do probably five to 10 hours of research on a guest. But if you don't, at a minimum, look at their LinkedIn page, 
look at their about page on their website. I personally like to, if they've written stuff, I like to read it. If they've done other interviews, I will listen to them and I listen to them. You know, I have the Chrome plugin. I'm not even sure what it's called. It's like a video speed adjuster or something. So Mm -hmm. I listen to those things. So when I say five to 10 hours of research, that's equivalent. I'm listening to everything on three times speed. So if it's five hours or 10 hours of stuff, it's not 10 hours of me doing the right. research. Warning, following yeah. this approach might mess with your sleep schedule. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, here's the thing. If you look at the LinkedIn or you look at their about page, what I like to really, what I tell people to do just to keep it very simple with the research is be selfish in the sense of ask what you're curious about. So if something jumps out, if like, uh, you go, Eric studied philosophy or something like that's, weird, like Mm -hmm. with what he's doing now, let's just make that up. And I would just pull out things that I'm curious about and ask about them, Right, you know, or I have a curiosity about a topic that you're an expert in, I would ask about it. So it's not like you have to do tons of research to do that, but sometimes it helps to pull out like the nuggets within the stories. Yep. So that's how I approach the research is, and, and I recommend when you're on with the guest, when I'm on with someone, there may be something, if even I spent 50 hours researching, I couldn't get when I'm in front of them mm-hmm. and I say, hey, like what's top of mind lately? What are you working on? And sometimes they've never shared it before. And we talk about that also. Right. Yeah. I'm looking at an um, image right now of your notebook page that you had when, when you interviewed me, that you yes. emailed me after the fact. It's like this kind of like mind map scroll of like this huge web of topics with arrows and things circled and things with squares. We'll put it in the show notes so people can see yeah. your, the method behind your madness. But is this all from the time we talked live? Yes. Or is this, fr- okay, so this no, is including No, that's from the time pre- we talked live. Yeah. So what I may start with, like I know we're not recording the video, but I may start with just a sheet of paper with the person's name. And what I'll do is I'll just put like maybe three bulleted things that I'm curious about. And so on there, it probably started, if you link up that image, it started with just like three little bullets. And then as you started talking, Mm -hmm. I just would make notes of other things that I'm curious about as you're talking. And I didn't want to, you know, I don't want to interrupt you. So I'll just write it down. I'll put my pen on it. And when you kind of finish your story, I will look down and I'll be like, but Eric, you said you do like these tea tours, like what's going on with that? And you, so it just kind of the next leads to the next. Right. And I definitely can't make any sense out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, there's some gems in there for sure, but it is just a stream of kind of curiosities throughout when you're talking. Yeah. But I think the lesson here is like there's pre-preparation and then there's, I think I've also found in my style and approach of doing podcasts that I do, there is a preparation process. Ours has to do with a pre-interview, which we basically like figure out what the general outline will be. And then we type that up, break it down into sections, like what we want to get out of this particular episode. But then I'm also, I love the stuff, the nuggets that come up in the moment live. So I also have my, I don't stick to that. You know, I, I follow it loosely but then I have my notes that I'm taking during the interview. You know, here's something I want to ask you, what your experience is with this. I notice like sometimes when I'm recording a podcast, I need to listen to it after I've recorded it to know what it was about. Mm. 
Because there's this like, there's these multiple levels of listening that need to happen because it's like, I'm listening to you. And also there's a part of the mind that gets engaged in, okay, strategically, when is this going to stop? What's going to be the next point? And so this is balance between active listening so you can be in the moment and not like, because the opposite of that is if you just have a bullet point list and you're just rattling through some list, which everybody knows when they hear that, it's kind of boring because it's like, okay, the next question has nothing to do with the previous question and there's no arc or flow. There's no flow of the conversation. Yeah. Totally. So what's your experience like with that? Yeah, that's a great point because it's hard to be thinking of the next question and be listening and you want to be free-flowing conversation. So my, what I do for that is, is kind of, that's what you see that chicken scratch craziness allows me to be more of an active listener. Mm -hmm. Because if I already know, if I already kind of wrote down what the next question, like I'm curious about, I will continue to ask questions that I'm curious about on the story you just told. But when that stream of stories and thoughts goes away, you can't just sit there and be like, well, what's next? So right. I have my pen like on the, like I have the next kind of question that I have not related to this necessarily, this topic, and I'll have my pen on it. So I could just be listening to the person and not nervous. Like when they stop talking, what am I going to ask? Right. And so I already have kind of my next question planned, but it's not, I don't have to remember it. So I like write it down. I jot it down really quickly. And then I can just not worry about it. You know, that's my methodology mm -hmm. to just stay in tune, stay active listening. Or some people have a Google document and they just have some questions that they ask, you know. Here's something that I want to hear your stories about because we also have a post editing process. We record the interview and then we record the intro and outro separate. And when we deliver a final episode, it's very polished. But there are some crazy stories about what happens in the recording sometimes. Like my inner connection will drop and the guest is still talking and they don't know that I'm not there and I have to jump back in and then re-enter the conversation or somebody stops talking and my mind's completely blank about what question asked. So I'm like sitting there in silence and I'm like, and then we kind of have an off the books conversation about where we want to go with it. So I think it would be valuable for people to hear some of this stuff because they may think, oh, delivering a polished product is about doing it perfectly when you're doing it. But there are some like on the fly stuff that can happen. Yeah. So everyone has different thoughts on this. Like if the internet cuts out or something like that, like I had someone the other week, no matter how many times you've done this, you're going to have technology issues. I mean, someone's <laughs> going to have a technology yeah. issue. And this person, they were vacationing and they were in Africa and they were in some room and the internet connection was horrendous and it kept cutting out. So I just, you know, I do my best to minimize post steps. So I will just pause. I use Zoom. So I would just pause the recording at that point. And then I wait for the comeback. And then I have that conversation like, okay, you were saying this, just pick up where you left off and then I'll unpause it. But for the most part, probably 99% of my interviews, I don't do much post edit. I don't do any editing. If there's a technology issue, I do. But if there's not, I kind of keep it in there and I'm fine with my mistakes. Or if I say something, I just keep it all in there. I mean, I remember one, Eric, someone, there was a bee that came in the room and they, and first of all, a bee came in my room. I just run like a schoolgirl around trying to get away from the bee. I know you're supposed to just not move, but I never really did that. So I will just run around and try to get away from the bee. But this person was like swatting at the bee. And I thought it was the funniest, like I kept it in. I mean, I did not cut that part out where 
like, hold on, there's a B and just swatting. I thought it was funny. I, I, you know, just, I just leave that stuff in there and people like authentic conversations. So also if someone's worried about, well, you know, I have to do all this post-production, you can, but in my opinion, you don't necessarily need to. and, And people are totally fine with some issues or pauses or mistakes or whatever. Yeah, I agree with you. I th- yeah. we like I mentioned, we do post production, but not to the extent that it loses the authenticity of the conversation. It's not like a heavy edit. Like I remember my first five episodes I was editing myself, and if you literally looked at those files, there was li- like three hundred cuts. Like I was cutting everything. You know, I was like, <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> so you know, the editing That's process funny. in some way as time went on. It reflected my comfort. The more comfortable I got, the less that I was doing. And you see, you mentioned something really important there. Is, is I've, there's one show that I was listening to lately. I won't mention the name of it. It's, it's a really good podcast, but it was so overly produced. Like I felt it was, I wanted to just listen to the whole conversation. I felt like they kept, you know, cutting it and it was very well produced, like overly produced. Right. And I, I mm. felt like I lost that that flow of the conversation because they'd cut it so many times. Yeah. Like the ones where there's like music outros, like 15 minutes in 30 minutes in and like messages from sponsors, like who's this, you know, it's just really weird. It uh, is true. Yeah. That's yeah. exact. You're spot on. It was like, you know, some like background music, like a pipes in and I'm like, we'll yes. be right back. Thanks. Like, where are you going? Like, where am I going? <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Like I don't, I can listen to this if I need a bathroom break. Like I can t- keep my headphones in. <laughs> But yeah, it seems like that happens with at least the ones that I've heard. They're more popular in terms of like they're going down a certain track and using their podcast in a certain way for monetization or for something related to something else. I'm not sure what, but yeah. It's more of like, yeah, if they're using that as a, that is their business, right? It's the business of the the media, mm-hmm. right? If it's like if CNBC had, I mean, they, it's going to be highly produced. It's just right. different from <laughs> if you're a business owner and you're just getting, you know, don't compare yourself to like NPR. It's just, you're, you a totally different thought process and goal and even style of a podcast. So I think it's pretty, and I guess the overarching thought is just don't overcomplicate it. Buy a USB mic on Amazon for $100, but people get caught up on the technology side, right? And I say, keep it simple. You could use, we're using Skype right now. You could use Skype. You could use Zoom. If you're used to using Zoom, just use whatever you're used to. You can hit record on Zoom, get a USB mic, or use it in the internal mic at the computer to start, and just get going. Right. There's no reason for anything to stand in the way. So let's talk about some of the benefits of having a podcast. So in your opinion, why would it be good for someone listening to start a podcast or become a guest on someone else's podcast? What impact can that have on our businesses and careers and our influence? Yeah. So people ask me all the time, actually, there's a good point. Jeremy, why should I start a podcast when I could just be a guest on other podcasts? Mm-hmm. You know, they can do all the energy. As you know, it's it's not an insignificant amount of work. Like you spend the time, energy, and money producing it. You put it up on all the platforms. You, you know, create a post out of it. You put it on social media. And I go, yeah, that's totally true. Like being a guest is probably easier. You show up, the other person does all the work and publishes it. But here's the thing I said, 
you're dependent on them to say yes to you. So now you're dependent on someone, your destiny is dependent on someone else saying yes. Okay. So is it a good thing to do? Yeah, totally. You should, everyone should do that, but it's not to replace, in my opinion, having your own because now you are in control. You choose how you build your network. You choose how, what guests you have on. You are now the gatekeeper on who comes on yours, right? Now it is going to be more energy and and work than being a guest. So I think people should do both. And you get exposed to different audiences when you are a guest, obviously. And also when you are, when you have your own, your guests will share the episodes. So you get exposure to audiences as well. Like when this goes live, you're like, hey, Jeremy's live. I'm going to post it on like, hey, we did a great uh, episode on Eric's podcast. I'll put it on my LinkedIn. I'll put it on my Facebook. We'll email it out and they'll get to hear and check out more episodes of your podcast too. Right. And so what I see the benefits of a podcast are, and here's mm-hmm. the thing, when I think of this, if someone has a business, okay, there is someone has a business and I'm not talking the business of podcasting, meaning like some people think of, they ask me two questions, what's the technology set up and how do I get downloads and subscribers? So if you're in the business of podcasting, meaning you're trying to get sponsors, trying to build up an audience to get sponsors, that's very, very, very difficult. Okay. So when I'm talking about someone, I think all businesses should have a podcast, a platform where they're producing regular content. And the benefits are one, amazing networking, giving to your network. So you have people on who you admire, you respect their thought leadership, and you are good at basketball. We're good at basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So you can play. It's a real relationship. Like when we're in the same city, yeah, we'll play horse or something, right? And, exactly. and um, well, you're gonna win. I don't know about that. I'm really bad at basketball, really bad. So anyway, I'll give you a handicap. It's fine. okay. It's like great. We'll start you off with like five, five to zero, or maybe that's your way of hustling me. You're like, all right, Jeremy, let's, <laughs> yeah, let's bet on the five hundred of this. Let's bet on the next one. <laughs> but but you form a real relationship with your people, and that's inv- to me. That's invaluable, like to really deepen relationships with my network. And then obviously is professional development. Like mm-hmm. you can learn from, like, I remember we had a question where like, you know, how should we approach this hiring stuff in our business? And I'm like, well, why don't I just interview three of the top HR professionals who've hired thousands of people and ask them mm-hmm. and it would be valuable. It's valuable for anyone to listen. But I let's say I was just having a conversation with them. I just, it evaporates into the ether, that knowledge. Well, when I record it, now I can share it, but I can also learn from those people. So professional development, I know people who go, I'd podcast if no one was listening, just because I get to talk to really smart people and learn from them. And then there's obvious benefits of producing regular content, because when you have a podcast, a 30 minute episode can go across 17 or more channels. You can take that one thing, put it on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. You can put it on your podcast or on the on your website. You could put it on social media and you there's an SEO value to that and right. there's a also audience reach for that. But for me, audience reach is secondary to all the other things. Like I'm not worried about, concerned about audience reach. I'm concerned about creating something valuable with people who are experts. That stuff will come. Yeah, and I, I think in my experience, the reason it even came up at all was because I had been in, you know, probably nine years into Member Mouse to that point or more. And I was like, I have so many conversations all the time. And I, I repeat myself a lot. People are asking me the same questions. I'm giving the answers. 
I should be recording this. So I feel like anybody who has some sort of experience, pretty much any experience, if people are coming to you and asking you questions, that's perfect opportunity for you to record that, put it up as an episode. And it can be any length. I mean, I've seen episodes that are like 12 minutes long or less, you know, so it's not that episodes need to be a certain length or formatted a particular way. It's literally, it can reflect your personality. And we have to allow for evolution to be a part of the process. Like where we start is definitely not going to be where we end up. You bring up a really good point, Eric, because so if you categorize episodes. It could be an interview with an external person, or it can be a thought leadership with your internal thought leadership and those internal thought leadership. And so people kind of go on both ends of the spectrum, right? All of their podcasts is just them talking or all of their interviews or all of their podcast episodes are interviews. And then there's somewhere in between, but the thought leadership piece is so critical. What you just said, because if you find yourself repeating things over and over, Go, hey, before we talk, why don't you just listen to this? I'll send you a link to this episode and it may answer some of the biggest mistakes you're making with your membership when trying right. to grow your membership. And then they don't ask you those things. Yeah, we use a lot of the episodes and this wasn't the plan. It was This wasn't strategic thinking, foresight, but we end up using a lot of the episodes to help with our onboarding process, to help with our sales process, to help with people at different stages of running successful businesses because you know you end up talking to people about what you're interested in. If you're interested in it, likely a lot of people are in your community are interested in it too. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, thanks for pointing that out. That's a huge, huge benefit. You can use it in your regular, your regular process, whatever you're doing. Yeah. So not only are you a podcaster, but you're also an entrepreneur. Do you have any big lessons you've learned on your journey that you feel would be valuable for our listeners? Yeah, I think I think for me, one of the most valuable things I wish I would have learned earlier in my career is really find a mentor. Find a mentor who is doing what you want to do, but also embodies what you want to embody. So even if it's you know, I find my mentors, oh, they're, let's say it's a business mentor who's really successful and achieved certain pinnacles in their business. I also like to have a mentor who maybe, you know, it has a successful marriage, potentially. They haven't been divorced like seven times. So I think for me, mentorship in all, all avenues, whether it's health, whether it's wealth, whether it's whatever it is, if someone's trying to achieve something in their career or in their personal life, you know, find a mentor. Like, even if you're like, you know, I really geek out on guitar, well, find a mentor, find a real mentor to, to walk you through it. So you could, because that may be a little costly or more costly in the front end, but in the back end, like the time, energy, and money you'll save by having an expert, you know, the times, I don't know if you've experienced this, Eric, but there's been times in our house of like, oh, I'll just try and do this. And then every time, I take a bunch of time, I ruin it anyways, and you end up hiring the expert regardless. So in the end, like I just think save myself the time and anguish and just go right to the, the person who knows what they're doing because they have the roadmap. There's also things that I don't even think of that they've already been through this journey. And so I just seek out mentorship whenever possible. And before it may take me like the hard way, like three times to do something before I realize it. Now I like think, 
who's the person I need to talk to and just hire or help. And you don't even need to hire. I mean, you could add value to people and it doesn't have to be like super expensive either. You know, thinking of how you add value to that person and have a mentee-mentor relationship. Yeah. You know? A general perspective that I've heard you express in two different ways now has been reflective of the evolution that you've taken in your journey with your podcast and your journey with your entrepreneurship. You've come to a more holistic perspective. You talk about your definition of success now being starting with your health first, starting with things that you understand are foundational elements, things that are part of long-term thinking. When we're younger, we're like, we just burn the candle at both ends because we have a particular amount of energy. And now you're talking about too, like in terms of, you know, helping your business, looking for people who have the experience, leveraging other people's experience. So this lesson, ultimately, you got to that point because of your path and taking the different approaches. Do you think you could have avoided that? Avoided kind of that, you mean, come to it earlier on? Yeah, like for example, if you were talking to yourself while you were in college and you had that, the attitude of like, oh, whatever, my health, like it's all good. I can eat That's pizza three times. Question. Like, would you, have, yeah. you know, what, would you have yeah. been able to come to the place of wisdom you have with these things without having the experience of trying it the other way? Yeah. I would say I highly doubt it. I'm just trying to think of what I've even listened to myself. <laughs> you know, listen to someone because I, if I was, I mean, there's certain things maybe at the time I would have been open to and there's certain things I would not have been open to. So I feel like I would default to the answer, probably not because I may have not been even open to those things early on or discounted them. Like, oh, they don't, you know, they don't know or whatever it is. And I consider myself a pretty highly coachable person in general. So I try and stay open to a lot of things, but we all have our preconceived notions. So I would say, you know, there's certain things, I guess we just have to experience for ourselves or hear maybe 10 times before we listen to them, you know? Yeah, for sure. Maybe someone will listen to to us and be like, you know, it's the 17th time someone said, you know, I really just should find a mentor Mm -hmm. and maybe that makes them do it. Or maybe it's the first time and they're like, yeah, I could just do it myself. It's fine. I'll, I'll figure it out. Right. Yeah. Well, in any event, I, I think that with regards to podcasting, like a lot of journeys, the definite way to start the path is to take the first step, you know, just do something. And whatever that first thing is, don't overcomplicate it. As you said, keep it simple because ultimately, whatever those complications are, you're going to learn through the process and not as a prerequisite for starting at all. Yeah. I know we're probably wrapping up, but I, I want to finish with one thing. And I, I like turning inspiration into action, right? So like doing something, right? So this is all great. So what I would challenge people to do, if you're listening to this, if you're still listening to this, awesome. <laughs> but forget about podcasting for a second and just think of adding value. And so what I would challenge everyone to do is just write down three people in your universe, your world that are really important to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And send them a text, send them an email, call them and just thank them. Like appreciate them, appreciate them, thank them and thank them in a sense of like, I, you know, I appreciate, it could be let's in the business context, it could be like, thank you for helping me with XYZ in the business and go, you've been so good to me. Like, I just want to find out what you're working on and how I can help and come from a place of service and just email or call one of those three people or all of them and just thank them and get on the phone with them and see how you can help. 
That's mm-hmm. it. And if you do have a podcast, you're listening, well, then say, you know, afterwards, just say, hey, like, I would love to feature you and profile you on my podcast or a blog post or whatever it is. So that's it. You know, just come in a place of how can I add value and give first. That's amazing advice. And it will lead. And the nice thing I like about that is it removes the pressure of expectation on yourself. And what can result from that is happy accidents, surprises, things like this. So yeah, I think that's really great advice. Thank you, Jeremy, so much for coming on. It's been great to talk to you again. And also, side thing about doing podcasts, this is like the adult one of the adult versions of like having a sleepover. It's like I was on your podcast, you're on my podcast, you know. <laughs> it's because it's I'm gonna it, put it is, that as a tagline on Rise 25. Yeah. This is the adult version of a sleepover. Yeah. Because <laughs> it is different. It's like it's a totally different energy having to be the guest versus having to be the host. The host holds the space, even though they're probably not talking as much. And for me, like I always appreciate being a guest because I can relax more because I don't have to think about anything. I'm just answering the question based on the person who's running the, the show. So I definitely appreciate how you run your podcasts and create that space. It's a very naturally relaxed, opening, and enjoyable environment to be in. So I think that that's definitely part of your success is your ability to do that. And your ability to do that probably is the testament to all the experience you've had. Cool. Thank you so much. It's an honor and a pleasure, Eric. I appreciate you having me. It's my pleasure. And you know, if people want to check out some of the great podcast episodes that you've put together, where can they go to learn more about you? Yeah, you can go on inspiredinsider.com. All the episodes are there. It's completely free and you can probably check them out on any of the podcast apps that you listen to, but all the episodes are video and audio on inspiredinsider.com and check out more there. And there's an about page there and there's an about page on rise25.com slash about to learn more about me too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jeremy. Thanks, Eric. Thank you so much for listening to my entire conversation with Jeremy. I hope you have an expanded perspective about the benefits of podcasting and what it can do for your life and business. Many thanks to Jeremy for coming on the show and sharing so freely from his years of wisdom and experience. To get the links to all the resources we mentioned in this episode, you can head on over to subscriptionentrepreneur.com slash 169. There you'll also find the complete show notes and a downloadable transcript of our conversation. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more interviews with successful entrepreneurs, experts, and authors, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. We have a growing library of engaging episodes with many more to come. Thank you so much for being here, and we'll see you next time.